Hey everyone, welcome to Turnbuckle Boogie. I am professional wrestling history enthusiast Timothy Styles, and with me, professional wrestler and Las Vegas based trainer, Cutthroat Cody Hancock. Ahoy hoy. <laughs> Are you gonna say that every episode in season two now? No, I just I know I did Yabba Dabba Do once. Oh, I figured Ahoy would be I mean, that's a throwback <laughs> to the Simpsons right there. Is but it? C. Montgomery Burns would answer his phone, Ahoy hoy. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Uh, anyway, before we get the show started, uh, folks, I just want to quickly mention that if you like the show and you care to to support it, we don't have ads, we don't have sponsors, that's a conscious decision, but we do have a gimmick table. Go on over to turnbuckleboogie.com, click on the gimmick table, get yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie before they sell out. My God. I mean, hotcakes. Oh, I should say I actually ordered a t-shirt myself. Uh, I get it at cost. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you, it's great. And it's fantastic. And I mean, Brainbuster Tees does really quality prints. You know, I think as far as other places, not going to say anything bad about them, but Brainbuster Tees facilitates an excellent service. Not only that, we did commission uh, a local artist by the name of Justin Caldera. I think I got his name right. Yes, sir. And uh, speaking of good work, uh, his design for our logo is fantastic. So uh, tip of the cap to him. But go over to turnbuckleboogie.com. Uh, click on the gimmick table and get yourself a t-shirt. Do you have anything to plug before we start? Yeah, I've got a bunch of upcoming dates and I can't remember any of them off the top of my head. So pay attention to me on social media at Cutthroat Cody. Perfect. Let's boogie. weird week what happened i did i had well it started with it basically started with uh the end of last week's episode okay um which was stone cold steve austin at the very end of the episode we started to open a can of worms on uh on um uh the dark side of the ring yes at, uh the season three episode one and two and then we went off the air without really getting into it because we were running short on time. We try to keep the show at about, you know, an hour or so. And uh, and then you and I proceeded to get into not an argument, but I think a, a, a an adult debate about um, it essentially revolved around uh, the end result of Tommy Dreamer's comments on the uh, plane ride from hell episode. Yes. Anyway. I'm not looking to rehash that debate because it got not intensely heated, but it was, you know, you and I were on different sides of the fence, so to speak. And I think what it boiled down to is we agreed that what he had to say on the episode um, was uh, wrong. I made an addendum to that in that I think that the producers of the documentary did him a little dirty by placing it <laughs> – at a certain place in the, on the show. Right. And adding dark, you know, music on top of it and putting it between, you know, clips of, uh, what's her name? Heidi so-and-so. 
name off the top of my head, I her last name, it's Heidi, but last name I can't tell you off the top of my anyway, head. Anyway, they put it between two clips of her l- looking absolutely uh, miserable. <laughs> so yeah. I thought that they they did him a little dirty in that. However, I think where we where the true dissension between the two our two opinions was I am very anti cancel culture um, when it comes to specifically someone sharing an opinion um, that doesn't go the right way. You yes. Know, what he mentioned. What he mentioned of uh, Hey, man, if uh, if I were her, I would have done this and that. And it's like, <laughs> Hey, man, <laughs> that's not right. The contention was, I I think that this is an education, uh, an education, an education. I can't, I don't know how to say it. He could have been taught this is not right instead of just being cast off of the ship, so to speak. Yes. Uh, now you, like I said, I'm not trying to rehash this, but you. Having had an asshole moment with him in person in the past, which we're not even going to get into, other than what you just said, right? Um, we're a, a, I'll say a, a little bit more prone to casting him off of the ship, like you know, fuck him, yeah, you know, whatever. Well, that's not necessarily my entire um. Stance I'm giving on a it. truncated version yeah, of and, this, and but just to reiterate, and like I said, I know that we don't want to bring the debate back up, but I, I have seen, um, I have seen the benefits Mm -hmm. of what cancel culture has done for people in the industry. I'm not going to name names. Sure. I'm not going to bring up situations, but there's a lot of people that know that I am heavily involved with a number of serious serious issues right cases and allegations and the that all revolved around that so that speaking out um movement that's a buzzword that i'm already sick of but you know it it had a trickle down effect that started you know i won't say at the top it started seemingly in the middle and and really went down to the bottom yeah and uh cleared out a lot of trash uh, you know that's good rightfully so at the same time of you you've seen the positive effects and and i've seen the positive effects absolutely i've also noticed the negative effects and i've seen people i've caught people in lies right i i've i've caught people twist narratives into their favor and not just during the speaking out movement, but just with people in general. And I really do feel that the thing that I do want to just mention Mm -hmm. where I feel like we got into a little bit of uh, a difference of opinion. It was, well, we had a difference of opinion about one minor thing. We agreed essentially on everything else. Yes. And for me, uh, it leads me back to, there was a specific moment about a specific subject with a specific person. And this specific person told me, well, yeah, you're going to have to watch what you say around people now too. It's true. And it's not true. And this is why it's not true because I know enough about who I'm in front of. Mm -hmm. I know enough about if I'm being recorded, I know enough to protect myself 
And there's some opinions that might not be worth sharing. Sure. And especially if that opinion comes at the cost of the discomfort of somebody who may have gone through a situation that you might be able to daisy chain that onto. And that's where I feel like it doesn't matter the editing. Mm -hmm. You could have placed that in the beginning of the episode and you could have placed her in the beginning of the episode. Oh, it's bad. It's it's bad one way or the other, but I, I, I think for ultimate impact, it was placed in a rather rotten spot. Well, I feel like it was placed in a spot that actually was very sympathetic to the situations that people have gone through in today's day and age. And that's where, once again, the difference of opinion lies. Right. I, I can tell you this much right now. Uh, every major wrestling company mm-hmm. has social media courses. Yeah. And they let you know what you should probably talk about and they let you know what you probably shouldn't talk about. So the idea Sadly, that, we don't have that here. Right, <laughs> and I, right, I let it fly. <laughs> right. But, but here's the thing, too, though, that it shouldn't be anyone's responsibility to know what common sense is. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So well, Yeah, but that stuff is not necessarily common sense. To me, it's it, a v- to me it is. Hello, Turnbuckle Boogies. It's James Mattern. I just got thrown out of the High Line in Manhattan. They're closed. The city never sleeps, except for the goddamn High Line on a Saturday. Now I just have to walk by more public schools. I don't know if you realize this turnbuckle boogie. There's so many public schools in New York City. And they've run out of cool names. They just call them PS41, PS43, PS blah, blah, blah. Why am I bringing this up? Because this is what we need to do for the WWE. Have you listened to the names in NXT? They're the fuck they've done. There's nothing left to name them. They got Rick Steiner Jr. They don't even call him Rick Steiner Jr. They call him like Braun Brockbiker. I, I refuse to learn his name because it's insulting. Brick, brick, brick. It's fucking Beetlejuice. Bullshit. That's it. From now on, you go to NXT, it's just like a public school in, in New York. All right? SN1, SN2, SN3. Shitty name one, shitty name two, shitty name three. Shit, just fucking, that's it. No more names. And then because Vince is behind it, he'll just go numbers because, you know, he, he just can't handle full names. So eventually we'll just be 23 and 24, and then I'll just be too far and too far because he just refuses to say the whole thing. There it is. I fixed your NXT 2.0 problem. Treat them like public schools in New York. All right, Turnbuckle Boogies. I'll talk to you later. I mean, you say that, look, one of the things that I brought up off the air last week was, hey, I say a lot of rotten shit on this show, and whether it's in jest or an an opinion, it could offend uh, a lot of people. Now, I have no interest in being a celebrity or a person of interest, but you do. The mere fact that you sit in here with me and either laugh at the jest parts or or let go... uh, perhaps a difference of opinion at other things is enough for people to go like, he let Timothy Stiles say these rotten things, you know? Right. And it's enough to make you guilty by association. 
and it's stuff the, like that that I yeah. think are, are are truly not fair because we're two different, very uh, well, not very, but we're different. Yep. We have different opinions. We have different things that we think are funny, and I don't think it's uh, fair to take you out behind the barn and and shoot you just because you sat in and listened to me tell a bunch of jokes about how Nia Jacks. <laughs> Is a sloppy mess. Right. Well, but once again, like for me, I don't think that we said anything. If I ever felt the need to stand up and say, yo, dude, no, we're not talking about this. Like, and there have been times where I think Jay Vidal was a topic of conversation mm-hmm. on more than one episode. And I kissed that man in a room full of people. Like it, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. His gimmick doesn't bother me. And right. jokingly, you had made a comment like the uncomfortability of how homoerotic he was mm-hmm. as a joke. And if anyone wants to misconstrue that, I, f- I still feel like we've always lived in an age where everyone picks and chooses what they want to be mad at. Right. You know, and there's some people that are able to walk through life without circumstances or repercussions. In my opinion, the thing that, uh, dark side of the ring did was put people in a situation mm-hmm. to where they might have to hold themselves accountable for their actions. Right. And unfortunately, if y'all think that just what's coming out on dark sides of the ring is the bad stuff, <laughs> I got bad news for you. Well, look, I mean, the whole point is to bring up all these rotten stories about these, you know, crazy carnies from generations past. Now it's not as bad as it, it used to be, but there are still certain aspects that, that, that need to be cleaned up just like with everything. A thousand percent. And that's for me, I feel like the importance of what happened with dark sides of the ring. Mm-hmm. And, you know, well, the, and then here's the other thing. Um, as much as I enjoy a documentary, I try to watch it. Uh, I think objectively. Yes. Which is, you know, to make a documentary, you generally get a series of interviews and uh, then you proceed to chop them up, find a narrative out of the the good bits, link them together, you know, add in whatever sort of fluff that you want. Uh, in their case, it would be, you know, sort of recreated moments in a blurry, you know, kind of way. And, and present it to the people. But uh, in some cases, and especially in Dark Sides of the Rings, where um, it, it, it says, here's something that happened, but you're only getting one point of view. Right. And particularly in that one, you got one point of view, um, and, uh, and everyone who was technically involved in all the supposed bad stuff was either dead or not participating. Right. And once, but that also brings the question, why won't they participate? Well, well for the one, they're probably matter. Well, they're probably one. They're probably not contracted. Right. But it's also not fair to assume. I mean, and it's, it, it's, it's, it's not fair to, it's assume, the same reason why if you, uh, no matter whether you're guilty or innocent of a crime and you go to, to court. Yeah. Oftentimes your lawyer will say, you're not, you're not going to be, uh, uh, cross-examined. Right. Because, and there, because it's like, uh, if someone, uh, 
we'll say is guilty of some sort of social faux pas. Let's say they use the N-word. It doesn't matter what the context is. It's like when uh, Hogan's tape came out, we'll say. Yes. Hogan, it's the he doth protest too much scenario where he's like, I'm not racist. I promise. I, you know, years ago, I was in a really bad part of my life and all that, you know, and it's just not enough. Fucking black people hate Hulk Hogan now forever. Um, It doesn't matter how many uh, black friends he he has. Right. Um, And but I also feel like another thing to mention, too, is, is that a lot of times when people put themselves in scenarios where they have to uh, backpedal and explain themselves for doing something really stupid. There's also a bunch of other traits that these people tend to carry and none of them tend to be savory. And I don't know Hulk Hogan personally. You Mm -hmm. don't know Hulk Hogan personally. I can tell you that I have interacted with a few people that have specific Hulk Hogan stories and not too many of them are bad, right? Mm -hmm. Not too many of them are bad. And, but then you hear about the, the tall tales and then you hear about some of the bad things that he did do, which at this point, anyone can look up for themselves. I'm not going to go on the laundry list, but as I found from the people that I have dealt with that were very talented and weren't necessarily the best people to be around. And then all of a sudden you end up finding out that they did something unsavory. Mm -hmm. It falls under the category of, I'm not really surprised. Sure. Back in the day, one of the old jokes about serial killers was he was such a nice man. (laughs) Now, do you see that in today's day and age of mass murderers? Mm -hmm. No, for the most part, these people are like, oh, no, it was very obvious that there was something wrong with this person. They end up going into their uh, mental health and things of that nature. And we always end up finding out that something is wrong. And I think for me, the reason why I'm so hypersensitive to issues specifically like this mm-hmm. is because the people that I have seen try to defend people that in the end there was no defense for, right. Oh, well this guy just, I know he doesn't really like you, but he's a friend of mine. And you know, once you get to know him, he's a really good guy. Oh, it turns out that he did something unsavory with a child. We're all shocked. I'm not shocked right. about these people that I've had direct interactions with that ended up being some of the worst fucking human beings on the face of the planet. Right. So, and I have seen other people try to defend and protect <clears throat> people's, poor judgment, bad behavior, and overall lack of humanity or compassion Mm -hmm. for anyone other but themselves. So it's a very big point of contention for me. And I applaud the fact that anybody, I don't care how old it was, you know, we've talked before off air and maybe even on air how you are a man who is without faith, but if you were to put values behind what your stance is as a human being, you tend to go the Christian route of forgiveness. Yes, I'm a Christian atheist. And (laughs) I believe, look, uh, as far as I can tell, fucking Jesus Christ, not necessarily a fictional character, but he could have been a con man for all I know. Yes. Uh, You know, because there is record of... (laughs) Gypsy Jesus. Gypsy Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) 
but no, there's I just re- got a new gimmick, brother. <laughs> yeah, somebody <laughs> needs to get on this. Uh, but um, you know, uh, there's actual records of a, an actual person who was crucified named Jesus. Uh, so he's a real person. Now, the the people who wrote about Jesus, uh, who knows? But the character of Jesus in the Bible, the New Testament, um, uh, pretty decent dude. Yeah. A little whiny. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it up, buttercup. I have this it, was a, it was a sensitive generation back then, right? That's right. <laughs> I have this friend. Uh, she's a Christian, and she. I remember at her wedding, she, she, uh, um, she's a former bandmate of mine, and she, she mentioned that her husband was very Christ-like, and I like that as a notion. You know, he's a loving, caring, compassionate, and um, uh, forgiving person. Yes. And, and the, that last one is, 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 is something that I really like. I, I believe in penance and um, the idea of forgiving people. If they, you know, if they serve their time, they should be forgiven. And I find that even most actual Christians who believe in this horseshit uh, fucking need to be reminded of that last one. I'm just not interested in um, taking on the world's woes at all time. Right. I think it's important to clean up the parts that are rotten and ultimately educate why uh, those parts are rotten and why people should evolve past that and then forgive and move on. Uh, I'm. It's part of the reason why I say the thing that I didn't like is, you know, after the episode, Tommy Dreamer gets clipped immediately from impact. He's suspended indefinitely. It's like, okay, you know, fair enough. You watch your mouth, dumb, dumb. Um, but then he was, uh, uh, basically let go from the Sirius satellite show busted open radio, which he does, which I listen to regularly. It's not like he's a, you know, the best thing in the world on it, but I just think how silly that is because, he had a bad opinion. If only there were a place he could be talked to about it where he could be educated on why it was a bad opinion. And the one place he could have done that is <laughs> on a radio show that he's on uh, on a weekly basis. Anyway, they canned him from that. I just think I find it to be a missed opportunity. I, I, I find um, the witch hunt part of our, our uh, society to be rather unsavory and uh, – Malicious, and that's not a character trait uh, of humanity that I particularly enjoy. All right, fans here, the greater metropolitan New York City area, especially out on Long Island at the Nassau County Coliseum in Uniondale, Long Island, Monday night, August 30th, 7.30 p.m. It is the return of WCW Monday Nitro. And the way things are heating up right now on Nitro, all of the great talent that is aboard... Get your tickets in advance. They're on sale now at the Nassau Coliseum box office and at all Ticketmaster outlets throughout the greater metropolitan New York area from throughout the tri-state area. One-third of the WCW Tag Team Champions of the World. My guest at this time is Canyon. And Canyon, you better explain when I say one-third, I literally mean you are one-third of the title holders. That's right. Me, DDP, Bam Bam can defend the belt any two of the three at any time because we and Ric Flair are like that. 
You are a triad. You've been, as a matter of fact, described as a triad. And uh, the one common bond that you all have is the fact that you are all natives of New Jersey. Absolutely. The triad coming back to the tri-state area. Finally, back up in the tri-state area, the fresh air, the friendly people. You know, it's not like being down south or out west. You know, great, friendly people, good, fresh air. It's going to be great to come home. Yeah, I know I spend a little time out in the Rocky Mountains, that air out there yeah, is hideous, and it's light, too. Uh, we should talk about, uh, right now, the status of the WCW Tag Team title belts. A lot of great teams are up and coming. As a matter of fact, you take a look at Saturn and Chris Benoit, Malenko, Chris Benoit, whoever it happens to be. What about Billy Kidman and uh, Rey Mysterio or Conan? And beat them. Train Kidman, then I beat them. But, I mean, there are a lot of people camping on the door that want a shot at these titles, and it could happen here on Nitro, because anything could happen when Nitro comes to town. Canyon, I thank you very much. Thank you. Get ready, ladies and gentlemen. Union Day, Long Island, Nassau County Coliseum, Monday night, August 30th, Nitro, here. I think it would have been better if um, he went on that show and everyone told him why, and he... You know, and he essentially showed the opinion that he had after the show in in Twitter form. You know that the the typical apologetic, "I'm sorry, I don't believe," blah blah blah. You know, I've been. You know, he essentially said, uh, "Fucking!" After being yelled at by the entire world on why he's wrong, he now sees why he was wrong and whatever. It's a shame and that through that, not to interrupt, sure. Um, but through that. The whole entire hope is is that these people are held accountable for their actions and they are able to then move forward in life and hopefully not make the same transgressions. Right. And for myself, I am a very different person because I don't believe in forgiving certain things. Sure. I, I, I've come from a family that uh, there's members of my family. I'm willing that, to bet that you and I are going to agree on everything you're about ready to say. Right. The problem is, is I don't. He was not guilty of anything other than having no. a bad opinion, and I right. think that is forgivable. And that's why I say what I said. And but for me, just to reiterate, I have a member of my family that I will probably never speak to again if I have anything to do about it. <laughs> right. I have people in my life that I've had to cut out and things of that nature. So. And when it turns into people that I have seen behave poorly. Right. And then when it turns into a situation of, oh, well, everyone's mad at this person. It's not really hard for me to figure out why, you know, and who knows what's going to happen uh, down the road from now. Uh, there could be a possibility suspended and definitely doesn't mean gone forever. It. It's another. It, 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 the problem is, is that so far it does not right. just in his case, just in what our culture has become of. We cast you off the ship, and that's that. And you know, it's unfortunate because he, there are uh, sadly there's no degrees to these offenses. You know, his his the treatment of Tommy Dreamer are, is the same treatment that fucking Joey Ryan gets to deal with. Yes, he, two guys with a promotion who are cast out and probably won't be able to operate those promotions anymore. And that's, that's too bad when one's an educational, uh, edu I don't know why I can't say <laughs> educationable. That's not a word. It's a teachable 
offense. Yes. Um, anyway, I didn't mean to, to completely rehash this um, this entire debate that and, we had. And I'll, I'll quickly yeah. say the great thing of, of, of why this show works and why our friendship has been great is because we're two adults who can talk about this stuff and disagree and get along just great. You're still uh, one of my best friends, and I'm willing to bet that uh, I make your top five as well. And that's the importance of why I did want to talk about this on air, because right. you can disagree with somebody and you can still be friends with them. Now, the second that you go and you do something bad to somebody, we're going to have a different type of conversation, but you have not only let me into your life, but your home. Mm -hmm. And I am always, you would have to do something pretty bad for me to, to, to kick you off the ship. And, and (laughs) I don't, but I also don't have any plans of doing anything like that in the near future. And Mm -hmm. I don't know what, you know, the crystal ball is going to tell us, but I, and I will just chime in and say, I think that there's no excuse for Joey Ryan whatsoever. And I have no problem with him being, I don't know anybody who has one. Right. Exactly. So, and if we are going to compare, um, offenses, Mm -hmm. um, I, if Tommy dreamer, and two years were to come back with some apologies and some, Hey, I went and donated to this charity or I went and I did work with this and I'm trying my best to become sensitive and awareness completely fine. Joey Ryan's been trying to fly the Christian flag (laughs) guys. Just please (laughs) you let me back in, you know? And it's like, dude, stay out. You're good. You're gone. The problem is, is that's just your opinion, unfortunately. Right. You know, uh, Tommy Dreamer could become fucking Mother Teresa yep. uh, tomorrow and in three years. It's not like everyone in the world gets to – because good news doesn't get reported. Right. Because it doesn't get clicks. Yep. Bad news gets reported. And and that's human nature, which is an unfortunate thing. Like, that's right. something that really bums me about, out about the human race. Right. But I feel like there was something poignant that I needed to say at the end of the day. Uh, there's more things that we can talk about. Right. Well, I mean, the funny thing, the only reason I brought this up is because I was talking about why I had such a weird week is because I've, I've had this sort of on my brain and I've wondered, and it's not the only thing. I had another uh, thing that came up during this week that made me, I'll tell you, but it made me wonder like, oh no, um, am I a bad person or am I, uh, slowly turning into a conservative or something you know it's a rite of passage when you're young you're a liberal and then as you get older you know my dad was a fucking uh, far out hippie man and he was all groovy and cool now you can see him on facebook yelling at mexicans oh no <laughs> not literally okay. but you know what i mean it, it's 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 that yeah. you know i i've i've not there's a Thankfully, I don't have a Facebook account. Every now and then my wife goes, did you see what, did you hear about what your dad is saying on Facebook? And I go, don't tell me because he's my father and I don't want to fucking think less of him. Right. You know? um, uh, so, eh, so I wondered because of our conversation, like, am I in the wrong? I had a very existential week of thinking, you know, normally during the week I'm thinking about fucking power slams. And- <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry to send you on a spiral. Man. Uh, well, it wasn't just that. Here's the other thing that happened. And, uh, <laughs> oh no. Uh, so I'm part of a, a smallish, uh, 
video game community based around one specific game. I won't go into any more detail. People who listen to this who are part of that, uh, they'll know what I'm talking about. We have a Discord, uh, uh, and because I'm a uh, sort of lieutenant in this group, I'm not quite the captain of the ship. I, I just wanted to say II Captain. Can I just call you II Captain? Sure. II Captain. Uh, uh, I get to read anytime there's sort of any internal strife or something. Anyway, apparently there was something that happened within this group recently where somebody had had taken offense to... Basically, here's what happened uh, without going into great detail. Somebody complained to the captain of the ship that uh, a specific person dis- uh, was, uh, I don't know how to word it, but I'll say this. He, uh, well, they said, um, this person kept referring to me as he and him. Hmm. And he said, uh, well, what is what do you want to be called? They and them. He said, "Did you tell them that?" No. <laughs> uh, so here's a non-gender, n- non-binary. I I don't know. The point is, they choose to identify a specific way. They chose to identify as a non-gender, non-binary. Am I getting it right? I think so. The 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 point is, is there's this big wave of something that I don't fully understand. And it's not the first time I've heard of this. Uh, I mean, I'm familiar with it, but I've not had it come into my life where I've been affected. I've still not affected. I only got to read this stuff about this stuff. And I it got me thinking about, well, what's my stance on this and why is it? Because I try to approach every sort of... Uh, and folks, I promise we'll talk about wrestling eventually. Um, this all ties in to yeah. important stuff. Oh, it's all, it's all yeah. important. But <clears throat> I generally try to think about things logically and from an intellectual point of view. You know, uh, use your brains and 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 I don't know where I stand on it. Unfortunately, I think where I'm at right now is probably not uh, what would be considered a a very liberal frame of mind, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Now, it's based around, unfortunately, uh, the fact that I'm just uneducated on the subject because (laughs) I I almost refuse to Google it because I don't need Google to then hit me with non-binary stories every day. Like, hey, we know you love uh, this non-binary stuff is like, no, I don't. And in, in your, in your algorithm. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I understand that. So I haven't looked up, looked it up to try to educate myself on the subject. Uh, so sadly, uh, you can then say, well, I'm willful, willfully ignorant. Now I don't like being ignorant on anything. I like to educate myself on things that I speak about, but, uh, uh, I don't know. It's another one of these issues where it's like, oh, no, am I the old conservative at this point? Because I don't I, I, I look at this and I go, I don't get it. And it seems silly and whatever. I, I can give you a glossary. Sure. Knock uh, yourself out. If, if you would like. So and I'm going to I'm going to keep it really simple. OK. If you have a heartbeat you know, pulse and if you breathe air and if you eat food and if you are dispositioned because you are not comfortable in your own skin Mm -hmm. and you feel the need 
to do something to change an aspect of who you are, you are allowed to do so. And unfortunately, that has put a community of people under scrutiny. Mm -hmm. And there is some people that in general, um, I have... I have met people that have transitioned. Right. Oh, um, here's the funny thing. Transition, I get. Mm-hmm. Identifying as, uh, look, I'll get right to the point. Yeah. And then we'll move on because I don't like offending as much, as much as I say, I don't give a shit and I'm, this is a heel program, brother. Right. Uh, I don't like offending people and I don't like upsetting them and I don't want, I don't want anybody around me or listening to my voice to, to feel uncomfortable or feel that I'm a bigot. You know, that's the worst thing you could be in, in you know, uh, in this country in today's day and age. You don't want to be prejudiced right. if you're a decent human being. Um, but I understand, uh, essentially if you're a male and you, uh, bio- biologically and you identify as a female because that's how you feel inside. That's something I don't understand the non-binary. Like I don't identify as anything. It's like, well, now I don't understand. Do you, are you, do you not exist or are you an alien from Mars? I don't get it. Is this some sort of weird delusion? Um, who knows? And there's some people that go to a really far extreme at the end of the day. Uh, and I've interacted with people because you got to remember, like I am outside interacting with people on a daily basis, face to face interactions. And uh, there are people that I know that have been, um, trans. There are people that I know that have been non-binary and that, it no matter where you go, what you do, there's going to be some people that are going to tell you, well, this is what I believe in. This is how I feel. Mm-hmm. And respectfully, I'm going to ask of this. And if it ever needs to turn into a conversation to where if I have to remind you, it might not be so polite the next time I'm asking for respect. And then to me, it's not that hard to give people that respect. But what is hard is, is to expect that respect without a conversation. Well, that's part of the the problem. Part of the problem in this Discord conversation that I got to read that happened in our little video game community this week is this person expected to be uh, uh, called they and them without explaining to a complete stranger is, oh, no, 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 this is what I would like to be called. And it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Why would you not? say that and now it's become this big thing of well do we need to have the uh here's my pronouns conversation with every single thing and it it all seems rather to to a 43 year old dude rather strange and and you you don't want to be on the wrong side of history you know i think there are people from the 50s who looked at gay people and just went what is the world fucking coming to yes and now here i'm going what is the world fucking coming to it's the cycle. I I have the I can step outside of the box and look at the big picture and go, oh no, I'm becoming old, and it snuck up on me. Yeah, that's what I've been going over for the entire week. It's not that I want to be uh, a bigot or uh, a uh, insensitive person, but it seems to be part of the protocol as you get older. You know, 
you know, I used to be in a punk band and, and a, an indie rock band and put out a bunch of records, a hip young kid. And then it's out of nowhere. It just seemed like <clears throat> you're officially old now. Uh, I don't know if it had to do with being married or having a kid, but it really does sneak up on you. And when it happens, it's like mortifying. Now you try yeah. to handle it with uh, grace but whatever. Let's talk about fucking wrestling. Well, yeah, we can we can talk about wrestling, but before we talk about wrestling, I, I'm going to encourage you to do something. Oh, no. And you can do it. You don't have to do it. You Whatever you choose to do. Um, anytime I am ever in a situation and you had alluded to it, I am willfully ignorant. Mm -hmm. um, you are going to be interacting with a lot of people that are not going to be ignorant. And you're going to interact with some people that are going to be ignorant. I would recommend putting a glossary up of what that is. Cause I've had to have meetings. I used to work at lush. I sold bath bombs. I uh, sold a lot of shaving products for them too, by the way. So shout out to all the wonderful people that I met over there. And I had to go through a meeting where pronouns ended up being something and they gave us all name tags to where they wanted us to write our pronouns. And they said, well, what's your pronoun? I said, I'm just a dude, man. Right. right. As, right. as a joke. But then I had the opportunity. Yeah, to but, hear, is it, but is it a joke? Though? Right. Right. But I had the opportunity to hear some of these people speak. And I had the opportunity to give them the same respect they would give me if I had to actually stand up and say, yo, this is how I feel. Mm -hmm. And people should be allowed to be people and if it's not at the detriment of anybody else, then whatever they prefer is something that shouldn't concern you much more than giving somebody the respect that they are asking for as long as they ask for it. Sure. But it would help to possibly just, I'm sure you could copy and paste it right in the thing, you know, because everyone deserves to be able to enjoy the things that they love regardless of how they want to be viewed in society. I think the last thing that Evan Courageous wants at this point wow, is right. to pick up another chick. Before we start the next match, I want to remind you that this Wednesday, December 22nd, at 6 to 8 p.m., Diamond Dallas Page and Kimberly will be at the Gallery Especially Mall right outside of Atlanta with their toy drive for Children's Restoration Network. They'll be reading the Grinch and Stove Christmas. It was the night before Christmas. Bring a toy, get a signed autograph. Of course, DDP, along with the Atlanta Storage Concepts, donating $5,000. How about that to the Children's Restoration Network? That's all coming up at the Atlanta Specialty Mall and the Galleria Specialty Mall this coming Wednesday night. And speaking of Diamond Dallas Page, the former triad, here comes at one time a man known as Chris Canyon, but call him out CCK, if you will, Champagne Canyon. Tony, are you surprised about this transformation in Chris Canyon? I present to you one more time, ladies and gentlemen, a taste of champagne. You people just don't get it. Chris Champagne Canyon, CCK, has been to Hollywood. 
and Baltimore definitely ain't Hollywood. single-handedly destroyed the triad. The triad is done. On Monday, I easily beat Bam Bam Bigelow. And then, on Thursday, I made it the exactor when I blew by Paige. So what I want right now is for those two jabronis to come down here so I can show them in the world that nobody can stop C.C.K. So we were uh, on the subject. Did you watch any of the other um, Dark Sides of the Rings? Of course. I, I watched uh, the FMW episode that came out. We're just out. talking about, yeah, the uh, season three episodes. Yes. I, I watched those religiously. I've seen every single one. Whenever they come out, I watch them all. I've seen them too, although I have to tell you, I watched a YouTube link of uh, this season and the... Uh, for the purpose of uh, the person who put them up, they they edited them in weird ways, so you can't fully appreciate it, and it's an original original presentation. Yes. Uh, so I've bad cuts. Yeah, whatever. But so, but I've I've absorbed them in a in a general nature. Yes, uh, I really enjoyed the FMW episode. I watched it today. Yeah. Um, there was some interesting information that was in there, but there's a whole bunch of other stories that if you really want to find the information, um, fmwwrestling.us, I think is the website that, uh, Brett owns. And this dude has been a creator for, uh, FMW content for years and years and years. I think that's even the guy that the producers went to yes. to get information. It, that's where they got their footage. It's not where they got their information. Like he is, uh, find him and support his stuff because it's incredible. Uh, some interesting stories were brought up. I've always been a huge Hayabusa fan. Yeah. Um, it was sad to see, uh, the interview with his daughter. Sure. Um, and I really, it's really, really something to say that somebody had an idea and it caught wildfire. Mm -hmm. And regardless of anyone's opinion or not, uh, Atushio Nita created something that had not been really seen before. Yeah. And he evolved something and it left a lasting impression, um, on the industry to the point to where it's being romanticized currently as we speak. So, oh, yeah, by John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, yes. seemingly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they I, recreated that I, fucking Terry Funk. Onita spot with their exploding death match with not the same results. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> and I got a theory about that, but that's for another day because the name oh, of the episode God. is Chris Canyon. I love hearing your theories. It, well, yes. before we move on to Chris Canyon, let's let, you know, the funny thing is, is I used to watch FMW tapes. Yes. You know, this is back in the day where you would go to a Hollywood video or, Oh, you remember there was a big store in Vegas off of like, uh, 
I don't know if it was like the Virgin Mega Store. Yeah, it was. It was at Empire Records. They had a fucking huge yeah. wrestling tape selection. And yep. I remember specifically buying the Cactus Jack King of the Death Match FMW. Released tape. by Tokyo Pop. Yeah, and yep. me and uh, uh, James Mattern, who is uh, on this show every week, who I'm sure is uh, uh, will be sending a promo in, um, we sat and watched him and Terry Funk complete with, oh, one of the best Terry Funk promos ever, where he's trying to explain... T- <laughs> he's cutting a promo, and he's like, oh, Nita, you're a chicken. Yes. Buck, 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 buck. Chicken, you get it? Chicken. And, yes. <laughs> Yes, uh, the best. But uh, yeah, I used to watch a lot of FMW tapes, and really, it all revolved around you know, uh, uh, Cactus Jack really, op- for the hardcore wrestling enthusiast, really was the gatekeeper to Japan. I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would a thousand percent agree with that. I think. It, I mean, that really, it's it's he did these things, and people worshipped him for it that whole foley is god yes uh sort of sentimentality where they were hold up those signs foley is god they really worship and including myself and the more you went and found these tapes and you would watch like you know these wild matches with you know uh beds of nails you know and he'd be fighting leatherface for some reason yes you know hell yeah (laughs) like uh there's leatherface there was jason the terrible yeah nightmare freddy right he was in wing though yeah i don't remember that one yeah but uh yeah i watched a lot of fmw i'm sure you did too uh i i mean back when ctc tv still existed i did a whole entire 24-hour fmw stream jesus and uh we actually were joined by ricky fuji were you really yes we were and oh, that's right you he, know what i remember that yeah that's fucking crazy he was in contact with me while i was streaming and he said thank you so much for showing fmw and it's strange that Ricky Fuji, a white-haired old man, was on Twitch. Well, at the same time, though, he's kind of hip, man. He's Ricky Fuji. Yeah, he is pretty hip. Yeah, I think even hip. in that dark side of the ring, he was fucking wearing like an Adidas jumpsuit or no, something. No, he's cool as shit, man. I mean, <laughs> and uh, one day I will get the opportunity to meet Ricky Fuji. And I can tell you this, too. I would love to have an exploding ring deathmatch. I would absolutely do it in a heartbeat. Oh. So maybe I can pull my contacts and see if I can make that happen. Well, that's a, that's the weird thing is um, as much as it, a lot of this stuff is being romanticized. Now I, I don't ironically, I don't romanticize it as much as I was a, a fan of it in the late nineties, the early two thousands. Uh, I don't romanticize the, exploding stuff the barbed wire and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that i used to read those cactus jack uh autobiographies and you hear the stories of the actual circumstances repercussions that come along with doing shit like that it's part that and even he you know it's his narrative that he recognizes the sort of bad parts of it and the fact that look onita got crazy rich and no one else got shit the night that uh cactus jack won the the deathmatch tournament and that was keeping consideration that wasn't held by onita but i understand still shitty booker yeah uh the point is and i forget 
he wins the tournament and he goes back and he's obviously covered in blood and puncture wounds and all this sort of shit. And I forget what his payday was, but it was something very low. It was low. And I believe he asked for a little bit more. And then the promoter well, this is went the story. to the vending machine. Yeah. He goes, uh, <laughs> hey, maybe a juicy bonus. And uh, yeah, the promoter goes to the vending machine, gets, it pulls out like some sort of uh, like a Coke or whatever. Japanese soda and he goes cactus here bonus ah, ah, ah. Yep. <laughs> and he kept uh, he, he keeps that he kept that soda that can of soda yep as a memento of, of <laughs> the stupid shit he had to do to make a living because yep. it is stupid I mean when you really especially if you read that section of his first book have a nice day you know, it's this several chapters of him flying across the Pacific, getting in these terrible matches, and then flying back without having taken a shower. He's cut, he's caked in blood, and he's he's covered in you know two to three degree burns on yep. parts of his body on the plane. You know, it's like this shit. I don't know. In retrospect, it's like. It's not necessary. And as time went on and as FMW went away for for reasons that are explained in this uh, dark side of the ring and the industry uh, sort of shifted from the hardcore garbage stuff uh, into just straight wrestling, you got, you know, and even ECW was in on this, you know, or Taz was just suplexing guys out of their boots. The, 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 the most... Uh, garbagey thing Rob Van Dam would do was, you know, put a chair in your face, uh, which everyone did. You know, you were getting Benoit uh, doing German suplexes. It was Too more Cold Scorpio, yeah, it was Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah, it was, and so on and so on. Yep. It was more wrestling based, and I liked it more. Yeah, and, and especially when you see kind of the overall quality of the people who were involved in that uh, sort of stuff in retrospect, you know, it's not, it's a blood and gore. I guess this is my same comments on like CZW and some of the GCW stuff today. It's just a bunch of dudes who are not really all that fantastic. They're wearing jeans and and torn up t-shirts gigging each other to death. That there was a period of time. It was like that, but now there's people that are on the scene, like AJ gray, who I literally just shared a ring with, right? Uh, Atticus Coger, who is absolutely incredible. Bam Sullivan. There's a lot of people that are extremely talented that are very, very good wrestlers that are now doing deathmatch wrestling. Even the conversation that I had with Nick Gage before Kfa brother, our deathmatch. Um, you I'm know, just kidding. Say whatever yeah, you want. <laughs> there's there's people there there's people in deathmatch wrestling now that actually can work, and there is uh you can't explain it to anybody, and there is a level of self mutilation mm-hmm. uh, that is involved with it, and by that level, it's a very high level, but um, it elicits a reaction and a response. Mm-hmm. And whether it be positive or negative, it is something that uh, is its style unto itself. Right. And I 
there's aspects that I don't agree with it because I feel like, uh, law of diminishing returns and yeah. then also and a moderation. Honestly, yes. here's the big thing. Um, at this point, uh, I think the reason why I don't romanticize, uh, FMW anymore is just that there was no, well, actually I take that back. There was moderation at the time because they actually had great wrestling matches yes. and all that sort of stuff. But unfortunately when you buy the tapes, it's just nothing but it's just a compilation uh, of all the major cards right. that have these crazy matches. Right. And I will say, and this. I should say, oh, you know, ahead. cause GCW is doing great work. The, uh, GCW is incredible. Right. They're, yeah. do, they're doing great things. So I'm not trying to disparage them. And I know you just had a, a, a throwdown with AJ, Gray and Nick Gage and Nick Gage and, and I, it was a good thing for your career and I'm happy for that. I know you were like, oh boy, I'm worried to tell T about right. this, and I was yeah. like, buddy, I'm proud of you. And the one thing that I'll say is, I was actually safer in that match, believe it or not, than some of the other people I've been in the ring with in my career. That's the funny thing. Yes, it's like, yeah, you can have a death match and know what you're getting into and come out the other end. Sure, you're picking glass out of your back or whatever, and that stinks. Uh, much better than getting into a ring with some green dude who drops you on your forehead. Or somebody that just has an ego that gets upset because something's not going their way and then right. they decide to start firing live rounds. Right. And in situations like that, you just fire live rounds back and then go in the back and wait for them to swing. <laughs> and if they don't swing, it's like, hey, buddy, sorry. Hello, Turnbuckle Boogies. It's James Mattern. I'm at the goddamn West Side Highway. Hopefully I get stabbed by a prostitute like it's the 1980s. I mean, look, I know you guys hate ratings. It's time to grow up. Ratings is the game, baby. This is all I'm going to say about AEW. If you question how AEW is doing, their ratings went slightly down in Dynamite, slightly down this week, and got a 1.2 million. A 1.2 with Sammy Guevara in the main event. Seek that in. 1.2 to watch Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara. 1.2. Sammy. 1. God damn 2. Take that Braun Break Breaker or whatever the fuck. NXT 2.0 and all this shit and whatever the fucking Bushwhackers 3.0. Whatever they got on that goddamn show. 1.2 is Sammy Guevara. Holy shit. Baby, Tony Khan should just wake up and treat himself and just get drunk nonstop. I mean, another few weeks of this. I mean, they're, they're going to put Marco Stunt in the main event and get a fucking 1.1. If that happens, Tony Khan's going to become Tony Montana towards the end of Scarface. He's just going to have a goddamn desk full of cocaine. You're gonna, the world is yours at that point. Have fun there, AEW. Sammy! 1.2. Sammy! Let's switch to Canyon because Canyon, uh, I, I was really into Blood Runs Cold, right? I thought that Glacier was the shit. Um, I was this within is that crazy age. to hear. Yeah, I, I was that age though. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, you, I'll, I'll tell you, as a, I think probably at the time, I must have been maybe 18 or 19. And by the way, you know, at my uh, childhood bus stop growing up, uh, there was a 7-Eleven. And at that 7-Eleven, 
they had two arcade machines. This is a concept most young people don't even understand anymore. Arcades were places where you would go to play video games. Yes. But they had two arcade machines, and it was always whatever the latest Street Fighter was and whatever the latest Mortal Kombat was. Hell yeah. So, And they uh, seemingly would make a new Street Fighter every week. It's Street Fighter 2, then Street Fighter 2 Hyper Edition. Street Fighter 2 EX plus Alpha for matching service. (laughs) Yes. And then they would uh, kick off a new Millennium Edition. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Then they would kick off a new Mortal Kombat, uh, you know, one, two, three, et cetera. Um, And, you know, uh, so me and my friends waiting for the bus, we would play the shit out of these machines. I loved Mortal Kombat, but the idea of Glacier uh, for my demographic, that 18, 19, I thought this was the dumbest fucking shit. Sorry to get fucking coarse, but... Yikes, I thought it was so stupid. Well, I thought it was really cool. And <laughs> when I was young, I fucking loved it. So thanks for hurting my feelings. Sorry. I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no. I, I can see how a kid, I mean, in the same way, look, when the age you were at that point, when I was that age, I probably thought the fucking Ultimate Warrior was the greatest wrestler who ever lived. Of course. We can look back on it and I can go, well, no, that wasn't the case. Well, and let's actually talk about the players in the Blood Runes Cold gimmick. You had uh, Glacier. You had Rafe, Rafe, uh, who was Brian Clark. You had Ernest Miller. Brian Clark was a Crush? Yes, he was. Yeah. And you had Ernest Miller, and then you had Mortis. And what was the cat doing in there? Um, They needed another martial artist in there. Johnny oh, Cage. I see. That's right. right. You know, and I think we've talked about WMAC Masters before. Briefly, uh, yeah. Just briefly. So I, I I was the target demographic for that. Right. Um, Retrospect has shown me that, you know, despite the gimmicks, there was some very talented people that were per- put underneath these costumes. Right. One of probably the most prolific people was Chris Canyon. Mm-hmm. And he was an innovator along the lines of, I remember Nova uh, in ECW, uh, Simon Dean later on in WWE. He was also somebody who had notorious piece of shit, by the way, from, from what it, from what I'm told, but just a straight up stooge. Yeah, fantastic wrestler though, right? And was very innovative with his offense. And Canyon then got out of the gimmick that he was in, and I love the Im- dark imagery I'm into. So he got out of that, and then eventually he became his own person. And to see his feud with Diamond Dallas Page and then Raven and the willingness to do the bump that he did off of that multi-tier cage through the entrance ramp. And, you know, he was a very credible wrestler. Right. And he was capable. It, he wasn't capable of cutting the greatest promos. Right. Uh, How? But even then, there was moments in time where he, when he was given the opportunity, he did pretty good. He did. But I, I he, would say he did good enough. But sadly, he just uh, he, he did good enough to hit that mid card. Right. But unfortunately, Vince McMahon is a real piece of shit to impress. Yeah. And I mean, he got relegated. 
to velocity and mm-hmm. heat, and that is fucking no man's land. Well, even but, uh, even at ter- at the apex of wrestling's popularity, he wasn't the only uh, wrestler that ended up being acquired in the acquisition of WCW and ECW. He wasn't acquired, right? He was let go, right? But and no, then uh, and then rehired. But I'm regardless. Okay, fine. What I'm trying to get at is is the fact that. The people that ended up being brought over from WCW were all kind of treated like shit. Right. Right. From Booker T having the face off with the rock and the and rock he was mouthing, who the hell are you? Right. And and he was the best of the best. Quite yeah. I mean, he Booker T at that time was already a fucking legend who had been in the industry for a, a, a huge stretch of time. Yes. And there was a bunch of people that ended up being driven under by seemingly could only be described as Vince McMahon's ego. Mm -hmm. Vince McMahon's ego wanted to keep these people underneath him because he felt like what he was doing was better. And then he finally had a Trump card and he slapped that on the head of so many amazing professional wrestlers. And to be fair to him, what he was doing was better. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> look, those la- those final days I, I of think W. That's debatable, man. Like, but we're not going to debate about it. Yes. <sighs> Is it debatable because uh, May th- Young giving birth to a hand? Uh, Katie Vick picking uh, out picking yeah. up Katie Vick came after the fact, right? After after WCW, there's was more done. than those instances. There's no point in like arguing. About no, absolutely. It. But yeah. for every bad instance, there was fucking several good ones, right? The the opposite could be said about WCW. For every good instance, there were several bad ones. Right. And look, no no offense, but that's fucking Vince Russo's doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy was a fucking, you want to talk about egomaniacs, this guy f- fucking made himself the champion. Yes. At no one's request. Idiot savant. <laughs> Boy, I, I think even the savant part is too polite. <laughs> He's just a fucking idiot. Yep. And, but Canyon, um, hearing his struggle... Uh, hearing the fact that he tried to stay away from microphones because he was so concerned about his lisp. Right. Um, the closeted lifestyle that ultimately boiled over to a point of lashing out physically against people that you care for. Mm -hmm. And, um, the, I've had people in my life who are just, they're, and it's unex- almost unexplainable. They're just self-destructive. Yes. And it, I scratch my head to this day going, what is this guy's fucking problem? We're like close as brothers and they're lunatics at yeah. certain times. And I feel like, unfortunately, there was also some really amazing things about Chris Canyon and I remember just thinking he was a tortured soul uh, throughout watching the entire thing. And towards the end, James Mitchell was like, he was a tortured soul. Well, yeah. I mean, he, unfortunately he chose and rightfully so he chose to keep the fact that he was gay, a secret. Um, now, in the rest of the world, it was perfectly fine to be open in That's, the world of professional wrestling. At that point in time. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of evidence to show that it was not. Well, <laughs> in today's day and age, mm-hmm. yes. Back then, not really. 
in 1997 to what, 2002? Billy and Chuck. Billy and Chuck was an entire gay angle that ended up turning into a gigantic joke. Yeah, when but it, it was an angle. But, the, but you're, joke. you're alluding to a pro wrestling angle. Right. I'm saying outside of pro wrestling, during that time, it was perfectly fine to be an open person. In but, fact, it's a point they make in that dark side of the ring is when he decided to make a big thing like it was going to be a gimmick idea that I'm going to be a openly gay wrestler. When he came out, no one gave a shit because it was fucking well past the point that anyone kind of cared about that thing. But by the time that that happened, by the time that he was released and by the time that he came out, how far removed was he from the boy George incident when he got mauled by the undertaker on live television? Mm -hmm. Right. So unfortunately there is a gap in time. And but you th- keep using wrestling as an example, and I'm using and, the I'm talking about the real world. And but I'm also l- trying to bring light to the fact that there was a specific reason why he was closeted I for think you as and I long are, as he was. I think you and I are saying the same thing. Right. I'm saying that it was perfectly fine outside of wrestling to be an openly gay person. Right. But in the world of wrestling, which is filled with so uh, during yes. that time period was filled with sociopaths right. and alcoholics and just uh, fucking carnies and goddamn maniacs, it would not be in your best interest to come out, right? Um, for fear of more of those supposed, you know, look Boy at, George style. Look at how long it took Pat Patterson to openly come out to public. And I don't even right? think he really, I don't, he's never even uttered the words. He, well, and eventually I think at some point he had something where he did come out. And this is the unfortunate part about that situation and the fortunate part about today's day and age that mm-hmm. we're living in. Right. right. So it's something that even to this day, there's people um, that still closet themselves because their families aren't going to accept their friends aren't going to accept, right. You know, and it's very easy because speaking as white straight dudes, Uh it's very easy to have conversations about, well, what's the big deal? Why don't you just do this? Because there's it's not, people in the world right. that view differently. Oh, absolutely. And if those people view differently, if they're in your extended family, if they're a loved one, if there's someone you have to interact with at work or something like that, that's where the thing becomes a big fucking problem. Right. Right? Because the reason why these people can't be fucking comfortable is because they can't come out to the people that are going to judge them and say that what they're doing is wrong, throw fucking religion in their fucking face and make them feel ashamed for having a heartbeat, a pulse and breathing oxygen. This many 20 was a pretty cathartic thing for me. I had just been fired in February of 2006. WrestleMania had come full circle 20 years back in the garden where pretty much in my mind, my career kind of started with Hulk winning the belt in 84. That's when I started saying, I'm going to do this. Um, so to, to, from 84 to 2006, to, to for 20 years, in those 20 years, I, I succeeded at my dream of becoming a wrestler. Um, you know, won belts, you know, U.S. title and tag belts in both groups, WCW and WWF. And 
had my career with WWE and, and being fired, it was it felt very final for me. You know, it felt like I'd come full circle. You know, it felt like that. It felt right for me to end it there. Um, and as much as I think Vince mistreated me in WWE, and you know, God knows what factors led to the firing, I did backstage, and I have a picture too. But after it was all over, after WrestleMania 20 was done, I, I went to the room where Vince and, and Stephanie and um, Linda was there. I'm trying to remember, Shane was there too. All four of them, and you know, I got to. I said, I don't know if you guys know, but I got fired. <laughs> That's a good chance he did. Um, I said, but I, you know, and I just want to thank you guys. And, and that was heartfelt. And some might think it's hypocritical of a lot of things I've said since then, and a lot of things I've done since then. Um, but I'll never take that back. That I thanked him. He did. He let my dreams come true. Vince, you know, he didn't have to hire me. He didn't have to give me the U.S. title. Didn't have to give me the WWE tag titles. You know, didn't you know? More than anything, and those were big goals. You know, winning belts is big. I mean, it shows that the company. I mean, it's a work because every belt is given to you, whatever. But it shows the company's behind you to some extent when they put a strap on you. So it does mean something. But and more than anything, working the gun. I got to work in Madison Square Garden. I grew up going there. I was there when Hulk won it. So when I got to work, I worked Jeff Hardy in there. So it was it was really cool. You know, those were huge streams. And it, when it came through without Vince, so I, I don't mind that I thanked him. And, and there's even a, a sign in the crowd. Some guy had up a huge one that said, thanks, Vince. If you watch the paper, you can see it. Soon as the show was over and it, the confetti was falling for and Eddie and Chris were in the ring, which is just a great moment. And I'm sitting there watching. These are guys I think should have the belt at WrestleMania. You know, it just felt perfect. I ran out there and I took a picture with the guy. I said, thanks, Vince. So I have a, a picture that the confetti falling and me and this guy holding the thanks, Vince sign. I, I do appreciate that I got that opportunity. Doesn't mean he's not a douchebag. Doesn't mean he's not a scumbag and two-faced and evil. I, mean, I do believe he, in many ways, an evil guy. Um, but he did do something nice for me, and I, I, I don't feel two-faced for thanking him for giving me that opportunity. I remember being in the gorilla position, and as Vince is cutting his promo and saying, yeah, I'll sign the papers when Ted Turner shows up at WrestleMania and kisses my ass, I looked at Terry Talley and he went, Terry had no idea. Right. None of us knew if that was a shoot or not. And I'm thinking, that's why they're located where they are. They're going to fucking cut this promo and get the fuck out of here. And this is a swerve, and they're going to fuck us all over. They're fucking Ted Darnold, they're fucking WCW. And none of us knew what was real or what wasn't at that point. It was, that's why it was such a powerful angle. Um, for Vince to drop the ball on that, we could sit here for fucking 10 hours saying how it could have been done better, how his fucking ego got in the way, how he fucked up the biggest angle in wrestling history. For anyone to sit there and say, and obviously I have issues with Vince. Right. For anyone to say he's a fucking genius after XFL, World Bodybuilding Federation, ICO Pro, the dropping of the ball, the destroying of wrestling in general, it's dumbfounding. He, he's, he's made fucking fuck up after fuck up after fuck up. He's somewhat successful despite himself. Right. It's something I'm dealing with in my own family right now right. i have a nine-year-old daughter and it it was expressed to me i forget the original um somebody mentioned that uh our daughter i'm trying to leave names and stuff out of this because yes. she's nine but it was she had told another kid in her class or something like that that uh she was a lesbian Okay. Now, I don't fully know if she fully understands the 
the full meaning of that. When you're nine years old, right? right? Okay. Right. Well, the, so the point is, is I don't know. It's like, is she, does she fully understand what that means? Or is it just some cute thing that she saw on a, on some sort of YouTube video? Uh, so, I mean, I've talked to her about it a couple of times, you know, and I remember even not that long ago, I said, you still think girls are pretty cute or whatever. It's a very awkward to be someone's father and be like, Hey, do you think, you know, whatever. Right. And she said, yeah. And I said, well, I said, that's okay. Uh, you know, because I want you to feel free to talk to your mom and dad about, uh, anything, anything. Hell yeah. And you should be free to be yourself and all this. I mean, she's fucking nine. Right. <clears throat> so th- this is something I, and you know, on one hand you would think as a father, it's like, yes, I don't got to worry about some creepy dude dicking down my daughter or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, being a jerk and punching her out and, you know, or, you know, all the bad things that you, that call every, along with toxic mas- masculinity. You're right. Yeah. Right. You know, uh, so Kyle like, drinking monsters, punching holes in the wall. Yep. On the other hand, she's going to have to deal with the scrutiny and she's going to have that heartbreak that I have to learn to, this has got to be the fucking weirdest episode we've ever had folks. We normally talk about wrestling. Um, but she's going to have to deal with the scrutiny of, uh, or, or the, she's going to, be into someone who's not going to feel the same way. And I have to sort of let her experience these things on her own and, and just be the shoulder for her when she needs it. It's something I have to deal with. It's, it's, um, it's, it's interesting for me. I'll say. And it could be a huge pivotal point in your life because if you hear a lot of stories from people that are gay, they will inform you. If they're homosexual, they will let you know, like, hey. Well, um, I asked my friend, I said, because he has a, a gay son who's now an adult and whatever, and I, and I just said, this is like a whatever it was some time ago, but I said, hey, when did you, when did, uh, when did your son, you know, basically tell you, well, what's up and, you know, and what did you say? And he took it as some sort of fucking try to teach me something moment. And I was like, that's not what I'm getting at. I'm he's like, I, to get I a told, frame of reference. He's like, I told him that I would love him no matter what. Like, yeah, no fucking duh. What do you think? I'm a maniac. Well, no, I'm trying to figure out if, if, <laughs> if, if you recognize it at a young age or whatever. Yeah. Anyway. So and I, for right the now, most people you hear, they do say that they do recognize it right. at a young age. But, but it's, so it's one thing is because it's like, well, you know, I have plenty of uh, gay friends, but yes. uh, now I've got this in my life, and I'm the only thing I could really do is monitor it, monitor it, and uh, you know, keep an open heart, which is yeah. uh, what I've always done. And keep in consideration that we have to deal with scrutiny going through puberty anyway, like the scrutiny of informing anyone regardless of they're the same sex or the opposite sex that you feel a certain way towards them and then that feeling of rejection when you find out that they don't feel the same way towards you well it's and but it's it's equally it, more than that it's more it than seems, that when you're a child because it, of course the look when we're interested in, in you know we <laughs> We're half of the population. If someone doesn't like you, hey, no big deal. There's plenty more fish in the sea. When yes. you're a child, uh, you know, and you only have 10% of that to, to deal with. It's it's slim pickings. And look, I mean, uh, I've had uh, friends kill themselves. I have because, too. Because they haven't come to – they've had – it's just – 
too much to bear. Boy, oh boy, this fucking episode was weird. Well, I, I don't, well, but I don't want to say that it's weird because unfortunately, you well, it's know, weird for a pro wrestling podcast. I don't uh, think that it's weird for a pro wrestling podcast because we're literally talking about things that no, are it's happening. A, in the industry. It's important in the world. It's important in the industry. Yes. Uh, sadly, people, uh, uh, you know, click on our show because they're hoping to hear some wrestling talk and we failed miserably. But I think that we accomplished something rather nice today. Oh, you just wanted to end there. No, well, I mean, well, no, because, well, so let's, if, if we, I didn't want to end there, but that kind of sounded like a wrap up line. So let's just. The thing that I really want to convey is sure is that they there's people that are uncomfortable in their own skin, regardless of their sexual orientation, mm-hmm. and it can only become more tumultuous when that becomes a factor. And then you have, like you said, there may be some scrutiny, but at the same time, this is what we hope for, right? What we hope for is acceptance. Right, we every we, I, th- we I hope feel, for that. I feel that everyone deserves the the same uh, opportunity for happiness, health, freedom, um, and uh, pa- uh, compassion. Yes, the opportunity for those things. Now, what you do with it is up to you. Uh, that's what I hope for the world. And I also hope those things, same things to the world, but without having conversations like this, um, without giving people a friendly reminder of what it actually truly means to be compassionate, to not address issues like this, I feel is a disservice when there's people that I, I'm training someone who identifies as a female right now. And her name is Faye and she is wonderful. She's in a relationship with the shade and she, I'm, I'm going to do everything that I can to make her a fucking killer. Um, I truly value, uh, the things that Sheik has done for me. Uh, there was a moment where I did a leg of shows in California and I was told that my money wasn't there. It was at home. And I was put in a situation to where I didn't even have a place to stay. And Sheik had facilitated me uh, someone to stay with and had made sure that I had food. And my stomach, as well as Boogeyman, who was also in the same car as me, who is a brilliant human being and shared his chicken and beer. And we're very thankful for him. And then I know of Jamie, who is just a wonderful, wonderful person and Jay Vidal, uh, Prada and these people. And I've had to hear some of their stories and the genuine heartache, uh, that they have gone through just because it's who they are as a person. And there may be somebody that doesn't understand that. And I will champion these people. I will bring these people up as much as I possibly can. And I will care and admire them for the bravery of being openly who they are in a sport where that may not have been accepted, but it is accepted now because of hearing stories like canyons 
right? And hearing the stories of the people that have struggled so hard in the community to make it what it is today. I don't have to be a gay man to be supportive of gay rights or right. trans rights or anyone's rights. Once again, you got a heartbeat. I love you. Yeah, so fuck you, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> Turnbuckle Boogie is a Devo Looter production and is produced by Timothy Styles and Cody Hancock with web production and music provided by Timothy Styles. For more information, go to turnbuckleboogie.com and for booking information on Cutthroat Cody Hancock, go to cutthroatcody.com. See you next Monday.